Hey everyone, my name's Tom, and I'm here today because I want to share my vice verse, uh, more an anchor verse uh, from the passage of Luke chapter 15. It's been instrumental in my Christian walk and in my understanding of God. So, uh, our relationship with God was disrupted by our own doing, and we were created for intimacy with Him and for union with him and we spoiled it and the beauty of this passage is that it shows me who i am and it shows me who god is so i just want to share a little quick story just to kind of set the context when i was about 12 years old i was fighting with my brother at home i put a huge hole in the wall in the drywall and I felt sick to my stomach because I knew my dad would be home in about an hour. And I didn't want the tension and the strain on our relationship. And I didn't want just um, separation between him and I. So I went outside in the winter with my socks and um, no jacket. And I stood in the backyard against the wall for like an hour on a cold wintry day. And what I was actually doing was I was trying to punish myself. And I didn't realize it fully then, but when I look back, I know now. My hope was that my parents would see that I had punished myself so that I wouldn't have to face their punishment so that we could just jump right back into restored relationship because I didn't want disruption in the relationship. And so that was my experience as a kid. And, uh, and I've always remembered that. And now I'll show you later how that relates to this passage. So Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 to 20. And I'm not going to read the whole passage, but please do on your own time. But here's the build up to verse 20, which is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. A son demanded his inheritance from his wealthy father. He took the inheritance, left home, squandered it all, hit rock bottom, felt rotten, had nowhere to go, hoped that he could go back home and realized I'll never get to be restored as a son in my father's house. I've gone too far. But maybe he would let me be a servant. Okay, that's the background. So he decides to go home. And let me read to you chapter 11, verse 20. And the son arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him, felt compassion for him, ran to him, embraced him, kissed him. And he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm not worthy to be your son. But then the father goes on to welcome him home, have a massive celebration, and restore him to his position as son in the house. So why is this passage so meaningful to me? Two reasons. Um, The first reason is, because it shows me the nature and heart of God and his intense desire for relationship with us, the lengths that he would go to. You know, I just picture that father watching on the horizon for his son to be coming home and hoping he would, and then seeing him far off in the distance, and instead of waiting for him, he runs to him. So I just want to back up one little step to see what we would be like versus what we see the father like in this parable. So God the father wanted 
the Son back so intently. So I say God the Father. It, it's Jesus telling us a story to help us understand God the Father, to help us see Him clearly. So in this story, the Father wanted the Son back and restored relationship. But remember, what the Son had done in that day was so bad by demanding an inheritance and then leaving home. It would be like us despising our parents so much that we said, I'm leaving home and I'm going to get my name changed and I don't ever want to be associated with you ever again. That is the equivalent of what this son had done. It doesn't get much worse than that for a relationship between a father and son. So that's how bad it was. And if we were the father in that story, do you think we would be quick to take the son back and forgive him? Of course not. You know what we're like? If this was a movie, you know what the Hollywood writer would put in the movie? As soon as that son went to walk out the door, the father would say, hey, by the way, remember, you walk out that door, it's over between us. Don't ever show your face around here. Don't mention my name. Don't ever think of coming back here or calling me because you walk out that door, we're through. That's how Hollywood would write the script for this one. And it's an accurate portrayal of what goes on in the hearts of people when we're so hurt and so offended. And so that's what we are like. Um, but what is God like? See, the beauty of this passage is it shows us God. It shows us his intense desire and his, the lengths he would go to to restore intimacy with us. Now, the part that's not in that particular passage that I'm not going to get into, but please read your Bible. It's one big, beautiful story. But especially in the New Testament, if you read the Gospels, you will see that before time, God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus made a plan because they knew we were going to leave home, wander off, and they had a plan on how to make it a way for us to be reconciled. I'm reconciled back to the Father because of the cross. God in his kindness went to the cross, paid a price for you and me so that his wrath would be satisfied and we could come back just as if, like the son in the story, just as if we hadn't done anything wrong and be welcomed back home. But that was a great price that had to be paid. And that's not depicted in this parable because that's not what this parable was targeting. It's really focusing on the heart of the Father. But there's another piece that it focuses on. And that's what I want to just share a little bit about, which is I see me in this passage. See, I go to this passage for two reasons. In the early years of my Christian walk, I went to it because I was overwhelmed at the kindness and the heart of God and his intense desire to forgive. And it brought me back. And it was an amazing revelation. But in the last 10 to 12 years, maybe, I go to this passage because it's like looking in a mirror. It shows me myself. See, because in Christendom, the word prodigal son, we equate that with someone who has backslidden, someone who was in relationship and following Jesus devoutly and then decided to turn their back on him and go their own way. And I always thought, well, the prodigal's a backslider. And I hadn't done that, so I didn't really think of myself as the prodigal. But probably 10 or 12 years ago, I started to realize, no, that's me. 
I didn't have a backsliding moment necessarily, but I have many, many prodigal moments because it's, it's a posture of my heart. And so I'm the prodigal and I would come to this passage and read it. And, and the amazing thing about it, it's, it's supernatural. I read this passage and I go, yep, that's me. Father, I take you for granted. I show contempt towards you. I take advantage of your kindness. And I go and I do my own thing. I do it all the time. And so do you. We do this. And so why would I want to come back to this passage and see that version of myself, so to speak? Because the other portrayal in this passage is the heart of the Father to want to forgive. And that anchors my soul. The fact that if you read the rest of the Bible, you will see that because of what Jesus did at the cross, you can have restored relationship to the Father just as though you hadn't wandered off. And I think it's the most supernatural, almost unexplainable phenomenon. And yet, in my heart, I know it's absolutely true. Because when I read the Bible, it renews and reprograms and retrains my mind because I live in a world and in a culture where you don't just do that. You don't just take people back. You make them earn their way back. You make them pay the price. You make them see how much they hurt you. And the amazing thing about God is he dealt with all of that at the cross. So now when a person turns their heart towards him, which is like a prodigal coming over the horizon on a long way off, he runs to them. He longs to forgive, and it's an amazing supernatural thing that happens in your heart when you have that experience. And that's why this is my anchor passage. And so I just want to say in wrapping this up, if you're a Christian and you're not overwhelmed by the kindness and forgiveness and grace of God to the point that you get emotional about it, maybe you haven't quite understood it yet. My suggestion is read this passage and ask Holy Spirit to show you the truth, to show you who you are in this passage and who he is. And then read the rest of the Gospels to find out what exactly was this amazing event at the cross that made it possible for me to have that reconciliation to a perfect, holy, loving Father. If you're not a Christian, and you're exploring, I would just say this to you. If you're not afraid that the Bible could be true, read this passage a few times and in your own way, ask God to show you if it's true, to show you if that's really what he's like and to show you if that's really what you're like. And it's a big question and take courage because the starting point for salvation is recognizing that you are in desperate need of saving, that you have no way to be restored to the perfect Father. And there will be some pain involved because you will have to admit and confess what you're really like and how you have shown contempt towards God and defiled Him because He's holy and you've sinned against Him. But it's all worth it because once you do that, 
The Bible says as soon as you confess your sinfulness to God, He is just and faithful to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. And you'll be able to have a clean conscience. And more than that, you'll be restored back to the best person that will ever exist. Um, one of the signs that you get this is that you're going to spend a lot less time talking to God about things He hasn't done for you and things you want Him to do for you. And you're going to find you're spending a lot of your heartfelt energy and passion thanking Him for what He has done for you. See, because He solved your biggest problem that you're ever going to have. And it will revolutionize how you look at life. It will revolutionize it. So I'm just going to close with one passage, Ephesians 2.13. I was once afar off, but I've been brought near by the blood of Christ. And that is me.